this is the first episode in 2022 of the Get Fishing podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be joined by Dean Aspin, and we're going to be talking about social prescribing and how angling is now playing a part in this. And we can also have a chat about some bits and bobs that are coming up over the next month or so as well. Get Fishing is the Angling Trust campaign to get more people fishing more often. We are funded from the Environment Agency from a fishing license income and we have to say a massive thank you to our sponsors Angling Direct and Shakespeare. Right, here we go. First pod of 2022. Um, we're going to get Dean Asplin on uh, now. I'm hoping all the technology is going to be working well in our South Coast Luxury Angling Trust studio. You might notice I'm wearing a fleece inside, and that is because I couldn't be bothered to iron my Angling Trust uh, polo shirt. <laughs> right, let's get him on. Dean Asplin, there he is. I haven't used Zoom for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year, Dean. Happy New Year to you too. Um, yeah, all good here. January, New Year, new start and all that. Of course, I wouldn't mind uh, doing a bit more fishing, but the weather's definitely turned now, hasn't it? It has. Have you been out fishing this year yet? Well, I've been out on the banks. I don't know if you can call it fishing, <laughs> but I haven't caught anything. But um, I've been out a couple of times now, uh, pike fishing, um, some quite demanding venues. And uh, <laughs> certainly over the Christmas period, I've not managed to catch one. So uh, I'm, I've been very uh, friendly on the fish front. And, uh, <laughs> a chance at the moment. I went out last Friday. Yeah, I went out last Friday. I had to... Um... I had to force myself to go a little bit. I was sort of, you know, when you get into a bit of a rut and you're just, is it better just to stay indoors <laughs> sort of thing? I thought, no, I've got to go. And as soon as I got there, I felt like so much better just being outside because uh, there's no good being cramped up in, inside all, all winter. So I went out, had a brilliant day. I, I only had a couple of little carp uh, on the feeder, but I was just messing about down a, a local lake. And um, I, I came back like a different person, to be honest with you. I really... Um, just forcing myself out just to get out for a few hours it really does make a difference yeah 100 percent. i mean uh fishing so much more than just catching fish and just being uh next to the water surrounded by wildlife makes such a difference doesn't it and i i completely hear you even though i didn't catch anything uh those two sessions over christmas uh you just come back feeling refreshed and ready to go again don't you you do buddy so um today uh it's the first podcast of 2022 uh we're going to get back on track with monthly podcast and uh, i just wanted to get you on um to talk about get fishing for well-being and sort of social prescribing uh and you're obviously heading up the uh get fishing for well-being so you're the ideal person to speak to firstly like uh, social prescribing is something we're hearing a lot in the news, uh, certainly in recent months. Yeah. I mean, what is social prescribing to start with? So you you will definitely be hearing more and more about it. I mean, certainly after what we've all been through for this uh, horrific uh, COVID situation, which fingers crossed, we seem to be coming out the back of it, I'm hoping. Uh, but it has left people feeling um, extremely down, suffering depression, uh, you know, well-being issues, etc. And um, I think many people are going to turn to social prescribing uh, in the future. And in a nutshell, Jimmy, what social prescribing is, is um, 
a, a doctor or GP surgery actually prescribing an activity uh, or leisure activity, sporting activity such as fishing, instead of uh, moving straight to the sticking plaster, which tends to be antidepressants. So, you know, that's, that service will always be there and um, uh, doctors will still prescribe antidepressants. But what they want to do is be able to talk to the individual and, and try to see if there's ways that they could change somebody's life uh, by giving them a new interest a new hobby or even just getting them to socialize in a different circle maybe and that's what social prescribing does so how it should i go on to how it works yeah or, you or, go dean very interesting so um what, what every um gp surgery in the country has or they will certainly have in the very near future something called a link worker and a community link worker um will work alongside the doctor surgeries and gps on um, being the first port of call, if you like, for somebody to speak to if they have a mental health and wellbeing um, issue. And then it will be down to the link worker to then recommend uh, or um, introduce them to uh, different activities that might be happening on the, local to them that they can get involved with. So uh, therefore, that's why we felt as a national governing body for the sport of fishing, fishing is like we spoke at the very beginning of this podcast it's so good for one's mental health and well-being we really needed to be at the forefront of um of getting people to try the sport uh, in the first place and uh we hope that they take it on and this we, we really do believe that fishing could be the answer for some people uh improving uh their mental health and well-being i mean it's so this is like a massive thing though because like doctors sending people to do activities i mean this i never heard of this a couple of years ago is this is was it a new thing um i don't, I don't know if it's necessarily new it's certainly becoming more popular okay mm. and um i think i mean one of the things i would say to your listeners is if they want more information on uh, social prescribing i would really recommend not only to go to our website which we will discuss in a minute about angling uh it, it, in a nutshell, but um, also if you want to hear about social prescribing and different um, types of social prescribing, how it works is to go to the National Academy for Social Prescribing website. And this organisation kind of oversees social prescribing on a national basis. And it's very much an organisation that we work closely and I work closely with on spreading the good uh, news of fishing. Uh, but one of the interesting stats that came out uh, recently from uh, their website is that 59% of um, uh, doctors within GP surgeries actually believe that uh, uh, social prescribing can make a difference in somebody's life and actually lower the workload that the GPs are, are currently under. So um, it, whatever social prescribing can do for somebody, it seems to be able to not only make a difference for the individuals and patients' lives, but to make a difference for the GPs' lives, not having to... Uh, be the first port of call uh, to be able to, um, uh, you know, support these individuals with mental health. No, this is just sounds such a positive thing because I mean I know what um like we go fishing, so we kind of know what it does mm. for us and how much better it makes us feel when we do go. Even if it is just for an hour or two, it's just going outside, it's doing an activity to force you to kind of get out of the house. Because uh, like me personally, if it if it's going for a walk. I probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> I know it's a, a nice idea to say, oh, yeah, well, you can go for a walk for a couple of hours. But realistically, I personally need something to 
get the get the oomph to get out, and that's kind of what fishing sort of helps me just to get outside, really. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you say you wouldn't go for a walk. Uh, I know what you mean. You wouldn't go for a walk <laughs> just for a walk's sake. Yeah. Fishing, you know, it's I think it's a, um, a bit of a myth from people that think that fishing isn't particularly energetic because I don't know about you, Jimmy, but the amount of gear that I take <laughs> and uh, you load yourself up and you go on this, uh, I don't know, 250 uh, yard um, walk to your swim to actually get fishing in the first place. It's going to be nothing. You need to sit down and take it all in just to just to recover from the walk. So it gets your heart pumping. Um, it gives you an opportunity just to uh, meditate next to the water and chill out a little bit and take it all in. And then, like I say, the fish is the icing on the cake, really. And that can add to the excitement of the day. But um, really, what we want to do is just get people out there trying the sport and we will give them the best of our knowledge to be able to uh, get them to catch a fish along the way as well. I looked at my um, step counter on my phone, which we all have these days. And when I went to that fishery last Friday, it was a Black Aran fishery in Arundel. Never been there before, but I had a look when I got home. And I did 5,000 steps just because I was walking around and having a look. So um, without even knowing it, I've done half of my steps for the day, um, just wandering about. But at the same time, if you had mobility problems, you could also park in the car park and you would only have to walk sort of 40 meters so um there's something for both sides there is exercise there but if you have mobility problems um most i think most fisheries is it fair to say have got some sort of easy access uh i'm seeing a lot more sort of um like uh little uh, like disability pegs and people that can with mobility problems can literally go fishing within a matter of meters from the car that seems to be a regular thing these days would you agree with that a lot of commercial fisheries certainly yeah, I mean, um, I wouldn't just say, I'd say across the board now, I think access to fishing um, is probably the best it's ever been. It's not perfect. Uh, you know, we we work hard as a national government body to support um, fisheries and clubs on improving the access uh, wherever possible. And that's where, um, you know, our key funding partners, the Environment Agency, come in because they support us with um, a Get Fishing Fund um, every year to be able to support um, some fisheries so um, you know we always try our best to support fisheries whenever the access isn't isn't great um, but I would say it's probably the best it's ever been at the moment and um, going back to your uh, would you say 5,000 steps? 5,000 steps yeah. I've probably tripled that because I'm so forgetful I'll get to my swim <laughs> and then realise I've left something in the car I'll have to go back for it and back again so yeah. <laughs> um, so moving on to get fishing for well-being. Uh, I mean, what yeah. what is this? Okay, so um, this has been about a year, year and a half in the making, really. And we launched the website Get Fishing for Wellbeing. I don't know, about six months ago, something like that. And um, the reason behind it was uh, through my research and communications I've had with the numerous link workers around the country. There are many people uh, doing that job uh, that are connected to GP surgeries that have never been fishing or don't necessarily understand fishing. So the first thing we wanted to create was um, a web platform that the link workers could utilize to understand what fishing can offer and how they go about um, engaging in this sport, if you like. So that's, that's the first thing the website does. The second thing the website does it talks to the patient directly and if somebody wanted to come um, directly to uh, Get Fishing for Wellbeing site, what we do is we provide a whole host of information to them about 
um, the kind of activity they can take part in. Um, we'll move on in a minute to our recognised uh, Get Fishing for Wellbeing approved partners, which we'll come on to in a minute. Um, and we also can direct them back to the GP surgeries and the link workers for um, uh, direct social prescribing, if you like. So uh, uh, that's that's the other thing uh, the website does. So that's what that's really what we want to do is to create a web platform that was very informative, but led the way in offering a service to link workers and uh, potential patients and anglers um, to get into the sport and to uh, to understand more about the sport and what it can offer. Really. Um, and you can find this Get Fishing for Wellbeing page. If you go to anglingtrust.net forward slash get fishing, you'll find it, um, all the information there and, and the, the Get Fishing campaign as a whole. But um, yeah, there's, there's loads of information which explains it. Um, so what, what were you saying? The Get Fishing for Wellbeing partners, who are they? Yeah. Okay. So um, when you, uh, you asked me a question uh, not that long ago saying, uh, is this a new thing? Yeah. Um, and it's not i mean it's it's very much in vogue at the moment and a very popular conversation that people are having but angling has been offering um let's not call it social prescribing but uh services to nhs let's call it um that and uh, you know for example i know of a breast cancer charity been going over 10 years uh, that's been using fishing um uh, to build up a body or in particular game fishing fly casting build up upper body strength of um, breast cancer patients uh, after they've been through surgery. So fishing has so many um, different ways it can be utilised and um, deployed in the NHS sector. Now, going back to what I was saying about link workers not fully understanding our sport or um, it, it, being a national government body, we must uh, uh, champion the, our best practice um, angling clubs and fisheries and um, organisations that are offering this service. So we felt what we needed was um, like a branding um, of the, our, our partners that can work in this sector. That's where Get Fishing for Wellbeing approved status come from. It's a very easy process to achieve. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of organisations already doing this kind of work and we've gone to them uh, with a, a very simple, um, it's called a safe operator checklist. And all that the um, partner would have to do is tick a tick sheet that um, gives, it sort of says things, a couple of things, for example, there's a few things on there, but a few things, for example, would be that, they, that they're insured to deliver, uh, that they have certain procedures in place uh, that make delivery um, safe for any patient uh, potentially being subscribed to sport, uh, that they have equity, uh, equality and diversity policies in place, uh, and probably one of the most important things is that they are thinking about exit routes. So once they've engaged this participant, um, they're not just left uh, to go fishing on their own, but there are connections to angling clubs, uh, coaches, uh, commercial fisheries so that they can stay within the sport and continue within the sport. So what we asked these partners to do was pick this tick sheet and then we basically give them the approved status uh, once they get to a certain level. And then our um, coaching centre manager, Richard Hadley, will work with any partners if they're missing one or two things off the checklist. And we normally just provide it for them. So there's normally policies some of these organisations are missing. And we have written policies already uh, in place that we basically send to them to adopt. So 
once they've adopted those, they then become a uh, Get Fishing Wellbeing approved partner. And the great thing that allows us to do is it gives us the confidence to be able to champion these organisations to the uh, community link worker sector. And then it gives the confidence in the community link worker sector to know that if they uh, prescribe, socially prescribed fishing, they know that they're going to have a good experience, a safe experience of water. Uh, and like I said, because they didn't necessarily know what fishing was about, they wouldn't necessarily know who was offering um, the service of angling. This is a way to strengthen that uh, within the sector. Yeah, so it just it sounds really important to go with one of these sort of uh, one of our partners, just because everything that you know you're getting that good service. As you as you said, you've got the insurance and just making sure everything is sort of legit. So, um, and you can find all our partners on that Get Fishing for Wellbeing page, can you? You can. There's currently about twenty, I think. I mean, but basically, it's been up and running about six months. There's about twenty on there at the moment. Um, but we're always looking to strengthen this and uh, increase the number of uh, partners that are on it. So if anybody's interested in becoming a Get Fishing approved um, partner, just get in contact with me, dean.aspain at anglingplus.net, and I'll talk them through the process. Go to the website. Um, if you just Google uh, Get Fishing for Wellbeing, um, other uh, search engines are available. Um, <laughs> then, uh, then they will find the website, and all the information is available on on the website for them to uh, download directly. There's also a whole host of other stuff on there that they can actually hold on. Um, they can put onto their own platforms, web platforms, such as uh, posts, get fishing for wellbeing posters that we've designed. Um, and we also have uh, an actual hard leaflet that if anybody wants them to um, just put in their local tackle shops or uh, on-site tackle shops, uh, give us a buzz or email. And we can get them posted out directly to you to, um, to hold and uh, hand out locally. So to be a Get Fishing for Wellbeing partner, are we sort of thinking sort of angling clubs? Is that, is that the ideal people that would be coming forward, do you think? It's anybody in the sector that can offer a service. So uh, angling coaches, um, commercial fisheries, angling clubs, uh, anyone that uh, can offer a loosely described as a structured um, social prescribing session. Uh, and this, like I said, could be anything from uh, breast cancer charities to um, I know some uh, alcohol and drug um, abuse programs to, to sort of intercept them and uh, get them on the right track. I know knife crime uh, angling programs have been used to lower knife crime in certain areas. So it's a, it's a real diverse um, opportunity for these different uh, organisations to come forward and partner with us. But the, the main one that we're looking for is to deal with people's mental health and well-being and, and offer support down that route. So whether or not it's offering, even if it's as simple as offering um, a social uh, opportunity for uh, maybe our older generation to meet up and go fishing together and share, just to have some social contact, uh, contact after the horrendous year and a half that we've had. Loneliness is one of the biggest problems of depression. So if there was just a social um, opportunity for people to go fishing together, have a chat, um, chill out a little bit, uh, that will make somebody, that will boost somebody's well-being. So even something as simple as that can become an approved partner with us. 
It's I, I just sound such an exciting thing for angling. I mean, I think a lot of people would never know how much work the Angling Trust do. It's not, especially with our Get Fishing campaign, it's, you know, it's not just getting some kids into fishing. It just is so much more. And it's, yeah, really exciting time for angling, I would say. Yeah, for sure. And and I think it's um it's the right thing we should be doing. Um, you know, you and I discussed discussed our own um sort of experiences fishing and fishing has so much to offer so many people and uh, the great thing about fishing is it's a real leveler as well so it doesn't matter if you've been doing this sport 30 years or 10 minutes um you, you tend to have uh, the same chance of catching something from a lake uh and so it's it's great you know you can do it multi-generational uh can do this you could be sat next to your granddad fishing um and having a great time and there's not many sports or activities um that you can do that you can do that with so well i think i think fishing really has a place uh, and a rightful place um, at the front of the social prescribing uh, revolution if you like when we were on the one show last year there was that story of declan who went through the get fishing awards with his father and his granddad and, and when i went up there they were kind of saying like you couldn't do that with football or rugby because you can't really play rugby against your granddad for example no. but fishing they were all they're completely equal and um yeah it is just a fantastic thing you, of course you can go on your own i go a lot on my own but then you can meet up with people friends you haven't seen for a while family i mean the the options are limitless with angling i think yeah definitely 100 percent agree with you there i mean um you know i go and just want to be alone at times and it's great for the great for the soul from that perspective but there's times where you just want to go and have a chat go and have a chat with a, a friend or something and you can do that with the rods out uh in a in an amazing um surrounding so uh, well you know i think fishing's just got so much to offer so many people um we've talked a lot about uh you know how the, the people we're looking for to become uh get fishing for well-being partners uh, on the other end um if someone's listening to this they've never been fishing before they want to get involved they've had a, a hard few years i think that probably includes most of the country to be fair um mm. how do they get onto the get fishing for well-being program what do they have to do yeah i mean it's, it's really simple i would say the first place they need to go is the get fishing for well-being web page and yeah. then, like i said there's lots of information on there um so they could uh find the information to find where their local practice and link worker is and have a chat with them uh, if there is nothing in their area, which, you know, at this moment, there may not be because this is a new process and we are working hard to get as many areas covered with some form of social prescribed programme as quickly as possible. But these things take time. Uh, you know, if there isn't nothing in their area, what I would say is uh, get them to contact their um, uh, angling regional officer. Uh, basically or, or myself and then we'll see what we can do about linking in a coach or even setting something up in the air if there's demand for it uh, the other thing that we wanted the website to do was to be able to self-inspire somebody to take up the sport so they don't necessarily have to be socially prescribed the sport um, to get all the benefits of angling they could um, potentially learn by themselves or within their family and this is where your platform, the Get Fishing um, social pages uh, and the web pages that you you sort of market and design. This is where this this really comes in handy because there's so much content that uh, you produce, Jimmy, with which just makes 
uh, getting into the sport so simple and easy uh, with the right messaging and easily understood messaging that somebody could literally watch our videos uh, and start fishing tomorrow if they wanted to. So that, that's the other good thing the website will do is it will redirect them to uh, your, the Get Fishing pages, uh, the Get Fishing um, angling uh, introduction pages, and they can learn to do it themselves until a programme maybe becomes available if they feel they need to uh, and, and want to learn more. Yeah, you mentioned the regional officers earlier. We get like loads of questions on Facebook, especially on Instagram, comments on YouTube. Um, and, and the regional officers, I always try and direct people to the regional officers. Um, and what they do is basically each section of the country has a regional officer and you can contact them about anything to do with angling, wanting to get into angling, attend an event, next steps. I mean... I try and like because they are experts in their local areas. So, like, obviously, you you cover the southwest. Um, got Darren Birch, haven't we, in the northwest? Dave Munt in the northeast. Um, uh, I mean, we've got uh, Graham Maybes now in the southeast. We've got Tom in the east of England. Uh, who have I missed? Dave Evans. One more, James Roach. Oh, who? <laughs> James Roach. <laughs> <laughs> James Roach is the. Um... Is it the West? Uh, he'll be uh, the the Mid Midlands, is it? Just the Midlands in general. I, I don't know uh, what he does, Dean. <laughs> Midlands. Just call it the Midlands. If that's wrong, James will shoot me. But it'll be okay. The funny thing is, I'm the next person on the podcast is James Rose. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's... Tell you <laughs> yeah, we've got James on. We're going to have a little... Well, we're going to talk with James a bit like we did with you, Dean, in episode one about your your uh, angling uh, and your journey into angling, how you are, where you are. We're going to do that with James Roach. It's going to be a bit of a river fishing special. So, um, dear listener, if you have any questions, uh, do hit us up. Uh, any any sort of river fishing sort of tips that you need? Uh, you, you'll probably want to ask some questions, don't you, Dean? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I know James is a very accomplished uh, barbel angler in particular, and um, I love barbel fishing. But uh, my PB, my PB has stood for probably eight eight years now, so um, I'll be listening keenly, and uh, I need to get up with him uh, in the near future and have a go on the Trent. I think <laughs> monsters at the moment. It's ridiculous out there, isn't it? Because I'm not a river fishing person. I haven't done that much river fishing, but I went up with James and it's uh, location, 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 I feel, a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of this. As is all types of fishing. It is, isn't it, really? A mm. uh, bit of luck with the right pier. You need to, no matter how long have you been fishing, um, you know, like you're, you're a, I would class as a bit of an expert carp angler. Um, if you went to a lake that you had never been to, you would have a chat mm. with someone that has fished there a lot. You know, you no one knows everything in angling. It's just a, a consistent sort of learning curve, really, forever, isn't it? Yeah, firstly, I think expert car carp angler is a bit of a leap, but it's just called me a lucky carp angler. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Um, but yeah, um, the more you can talk to your, um, you know, friends on the bank uh, and people that are fishing waters that you intend to fish in the future, the more you're going to learn. And you can very quickly narrow it down to certain areas uh, that hold maybe the bigger fish or quantity of fish, etc. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely good to be talking uh, um, to your fellow angler. Whether they tell you anything, <laughs> 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 that's the problem. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I, generally, I find anglers are generally pretty cheery yeah. and pretty helpful. Um, like I had never really been sea fishing five years ago, and I went into the sort of competitive sea match fishing, very sort of high level. 
Um, and I couldn't believe how helpful everyone was because I was a right idiot. I didn't have a clue what baits, rigs. I just didn't have a clue. And everyone was so helpful and friendly. Uh, and that, you know, and I have generally found that through most of my angling life, really. If you go and have a chat with someone, people are generally point you in the right direction. I think we've covered it. We've done a good job there, Dean. Uh, and then this podcast is going to be released on Tuesday or Wednesday next week. Um, and then within two weeks after that, we're going to have your pike fishing video out, okay, um, right. which is going to be that be out on our Get Fishing YouTube channel. Please do come and subscribe. Um, and it's basically all the sort of very basics of pike fishing, how to unhook a bike, how to catch a pike, how to look after them. Um, yeah, we filmed it at the end of last year, and it's a, a nice video. I mean, we must stress with pike fishing, it's really, really the best idea is to go with someone that has some idea of what they're doing because uh, they are they look big, scary fish, and they've got teeth and they eat other fish, but um, they are very delicate fish, aren't they, Pike Dean? Yeah, they are, and, and the good news is I actually managed to catch something for the video as well, so uh, it's not going to be a blank session, everybody. So please do tune in and have a look at that. Yeah, there are right, just... Jimmy, then. There are double thicker fish. Uh, Dean done a wicked job, actually. A really, really good job. And actually, it was almost on cue. I sort of turned up the camera and, and, and started catching double figure pike, which is, um, well, sometimes, you know what filming days are like sometimes. I remember me and you were out with Richard Hadley that time and we couldn't catch anything. Do you remember that in uh, by Reading Way? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it can be can be very difficult. I and mean, I think we scratched all day for one single perch on that session. But uh, so luckily enough, the pike uh, certainly helped us on this video. And we uh, managed to get a fair bit of activity um, filmed what, within about an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, and it, it was, was pretty good going, wasn't it? It was bizarre. I mean, we've been quite lucky. And the same, the barbell fishing video all just came very easily, like ridiculously easily and fishing's like that. Like, And sometimes it's really hard. It's just, but mm. I guess... I mean, you wouldn't want it to be easy all the time. It's that challenge. That's what it's kind of all about, really. Um, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, if, if I was to go out and catch every time I went out, I, I wouldn't have that drive to push me out the door to do it again. So it, it's, almost, <laughs> um, it's almost feeling like I've got to get revenge on a lake if I don't catch it in the river. And then uh, I feel like I need to go and put that right. So, uh, yeah, it pushes me out the door again. Um, and the other, so we've got James Roach to be the next podcast. I want to do what uh, Marina Gibson, I spoke with her at the end of last year. I think she'd be the one after that, um, yep. which would be really interesting. I want to talk to Marina because uh, she's an Anglin Trust uh, Level 2 licensed qualified coach. Um, but she's got a, she's got a lot going on. We could talk about game fishing. And um, I didn't really know how she got into fishing or anything. I want to sort of try and get into that a little bit more but she's um a lovely woman marina so i'm really looking forward to that um she's a, she's a, she's an amazing ambassador not only for for angling but for the environment as well and she's doing um you know a lot of stuff on um cleaning up our rivers so she's um a, a wonderful person within our sport and i look forward to hearing that one as well yeah, she does support our Anglers Against uh, Pollution uh, campaign, which you can find all that information on anglingtrust.net. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I'll, I'll tell you what I would like to do. Richard Hadley doesn't know this, but I would quite like to have a chat with him because I've been going through my coaching badges over the last 12 months, which I haven't really told anyone about. But um, So I, I became a level one Anglin Trust licensed qualified coach. 
uh, at the start of last year, I think it was, and I've just been going through the level two. And what I need to do is my final bit. I've pretty much done it all. I've got to do my final bit with Richard uh, to get them qualifications. But I would like to have a speak, uh, a chat with Richard, really, because we do get questions about people wanting to um, become licensed sort of qualified Anglantrust coaches. Um, but people sort of don't always know. I mean, you can find all the information again at anglantrust.net. But um, I would quite like to talk about my journey through it all. Um and yeah, Richard's uh, yeah, Richard's like a really nice bloke, isn't he? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, he'll probably have a, a, a tell or two to tell about me because we've been friends a long time. <laughs> and he, he actually came to my wedding, but uh, he wrote his car off on the way to my wedding. He flooded it. He turned up like an hour and a half, two hours late, and he, he full of this story about how he's ended up driving through this uh, Ford and writing his car off. So, uh, how what we we, I, it must have been deeper than he expected. So it's a little streamy thought. Well, he, he's from the Midlands, isn't he? So he's not <laughs> used to driving through rivers down here. So, uh, you know, he's come down, come to my wedding and driven through uh, what I think is a river rather than a Ford and uh, completely wrote his car off. So, yeah, chat to him about that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds more interesting than the coaching story. <laughs> so we will, we, we, we might have to bring that up. But yeah, we'll try and get Richard Hadley on and we're trying. So if you're listening to this, uh, do, do subscribe to us. Um, and we'll try and get you out coaching. Again, if you've got any questions, just hit us up on the Get Fishing Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. We're, we've always open um, to questions, and uh, I've got a lot more time to answer them over the next couple of months. I might actually start doing some Instagram questions. You know, in your stories, you can ask a question and get people to ask questions, and then I answer them on Instagram stories. So I might get uh, set up with that in these winter months as well. But... Um, Dean, we're going to let you get on with your day. No problem. Been a pleasure as always. Yes, and we'll speak again soon, buddy. No problem at all. Look forward to it, mate. Cheers, Bye-bye.